0: You're listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Hey, let's do something big. I'm your host, Rachel Schneider. Welcome to the Access Success Podcast, where we highlight important topics focused on education in every form it takes. Today, we're talking to a well-known local organization right here in Roanoke that is giving back to the community especially the next generation the nonprofit organization the humble hustle company began in 2015 as a way to provide resources and programs in an innovative and creative way to the community here to tell us more about how they've grown since then and how you can get involved please welcome the humble hustle founder and executive director Xavier Tremaine Duckett and the director of operations Mailea Akers to the show thank, hey guys. thank you thank, thank you. you yeah great to have you absolutely so, Xavier, first question to you, what was your initial vision for Humble Hustle when you first started?
1: Um, that question is pretty dynamic. Um, I can't say that there was an initial vision as far as, like, how big we are now. I knew that there was a way that we could um, – I could, I could get people engaged to um, do community development, build community, um, things of that sort, but I don't – I think the vision in that, in that moment of where I was was just to do something different. Um, and that's always kind of been my, my vision for anything that's created or anything that I kind of put my hands on. It's, it's just to do something different, to be innovative and creative. Um, and that's pretty, That's those two words are, are embedded in the language that we use. Um, the foundation of everything that we do is giving. So I think that was a major part of it as well, is like how do I give in the most innovative and creative way? Um, I don't want to just give by doing food drives and things like that. I want to give in a way that doesn't feel like um, it's boring. I want to give in a way that is impactful and it's um, fun. It's cool. It's It it changes the narrative of what, of what giving actually looks like. So I think that was the vision when I first started is just like, how do I uh, stay aligned to um my foundation that my family um provided for me and how do i engage um different generations and demographics all in one that everybody everybody's vision is kind of the same as far as like hey we're just giving back
0: and where did your passion for giving and service come from i mean why start a non-profit
1: yeah that's always a, um, a question people ask um if anybody is like hey i want to start a nonprofit the first thing i'm asking them is like why right is like what what is your reason what is your why because it's not for the faint of heart um i'm not saying don't do it right there's there's plenty of benefits from it but it's all going to come from heart um so i would say the foundation um of my giving is my family um i come from a very very giving family um very well known family in the in the community on both sides and it's just what we did. It's just what I saw my grandmother do, it's what I saw my grandfather do, it's what I saw my aunts and uncles do. Um, it wasn't a thing of, of forced, it was very much like, this is just what we do. This is just like how we interact with people. And it wasn't always just giving as, as far as tangible items, it was giving as in love, giving as in advice, um, giving as in advice, it was giving um, with time, Giving with just, you know, anything you had, you realized that um, it wasn't yours to start off with and that this life that we live is really just to find a way to make somebody else's life better. And so um, I kind of took that and my experiences throughout high school, college, um, and and some adulthood and kind of... Put them all together and said okay cool this is this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna do it and we're just gonna let it grow from there naturally and um that's what we came up with we came up with humble hustle
0: yeah so yeah. you just knew you wanted to start an organization that could give back and then how did your creative side help you develop humble hustle
1: yeah um you only do the whole you want me to do the whole spiel you want yeah
0: i want to hear it all okay okay we've got time all right, all
1: right we got time all right cool so 2015 um 2015, I came back home. Um, I was working, um, working in the schools. My background is mental health. So working in the schools. Um, Were
0: you a counselor?
1: I was. Okay. I was. My back, Yeah, my background is mental health, so I was doing, like, day treatment counseling with kids. Um, I still do that in, in some capacity. Um, but I was doing counseling with the kids, um, working, just the regular, just, like, the regular, hey, I moved back home type of thing. And I felt like there was more, right? Like the question you asked me earlier was like, okay, there's more. There's more to this. There's more that can be done for these kids. And um, if the first thing started off with like a, a a coat drive, it was called 300 coats in 30 days, and we rocked that. And I filled my whole house up with like old coats. It was crazy. Um, we donated like probably like 700 coats.
0: Oh wow! And it was like
1: all old and like used coats, um, but we gave those out to the community. To the community, it was cool. And then I think we did it again, um, and then I kind of fine-tuned it up and was like, hey, let's do a back-to-school drive. Some of my friends and partners was like, let's do a back-to-school drive. We did that, rocked that, and then that's when programs started to start. Um, as I was a counselor in the school, um, one of the girls, Tariana, um, she was doing, like, backflips, and that's when, like, Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles was at, like, their peak.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: So everything for that was focused in that, that niche. Um and so I, uh, I asked one of the girls, Tariana, I was like, hey, like, do you do gymnastics or anything like that? And she said, no. I said, hey, if we were to get you a scholarship, you know, would, would your mom allow you to go? She said, I don't know. And then um, we ended up raising the money. Um, fast forward, raising the money, partnered with Roanoke Academy of Gymnastics. Um, big shout out to them. Um, raised the money and we ended up giving from that time on to about about 11 scholarships to young girls to do gymnastics. And to keep that program together, um, we, we called it pretty humble. Um, so I wanted to figure out how we can keep these girls together without just, Hey, here's a scholarship. We'll never see you again. Mm -hmm. Um, so that launched pretty humble. And during that same time in 2017 is when we started, um, uh, humble hikes. And so humble hikes is, is a program where we're like taking out, taking kids um, outdoors. And so just introducing them to outdoor recreation, um, outdoor education, Anything that allows them to see, see and experience the things that they normally wouldn't see, um, because this area is, this this area is bountiful with with, like you said, natural assets and things like that. But it's one of those things where you can see it; it's equal, right? I could see it, but the equity is not there as far as access. So me and my friends, we hike. We started hiking. We started doing like different outdoor things, um, and then we kind of just did an interest meeting to see would be willing to like do a volunteer trip and we got like five or six volunteers some of them, some are still with us, some are not um, and that started Humble Hikes and so all of those things I could keep going and going and going with, with each program but to sum it all up it all started with me coming home um, kind of being bored and just not taking being bored as the end all be all it was more like alright you're bored but create, don't complain like figure it out Um, God has you here for a reason right now. You can easily pack up your stuff and move to L.A., Chicago, or New York, but, like, is that going to, like, really fulfill your passion? Or is there something you're supposed to be doing while you're here um, that allows other people to see, like, okay, regardless of where my situation is, like, I have to make my situation my situation regardless of where I am um, and make myself happy where I am. Like, I can't just keep jumping locations just because I'm bored. Um... And I really started to just tap into my passion and allowed other people to kind of allow me to like open doors for other people as well. Um, I think a lot of people have been able to come into the organization and like catapult themselves into whether it's their passion or their purpose just by um, seeing that like hey, you know, uh, don't complain, create
0: and what's it like for you to see that and looking back on where you were in 2015 but now seeing people that have been able to come to your organization work with you yeah. or you know see these kids go on hikes or become part of pretty humble mm-hmm. what's it like to be able to see that development and that change especially as somebody who spent time as a counselor working Fact. one-on-one with kids yeah what's that like
1: it's really really wild um and I, I, you probably can see like the enthusiasm go up mm-hmm. a little bit when you ask like what is it like That's one of my favorite questions to get is, like, what is it like? Because to actually, like, have to sit back and, like, reflect of, like, hmm, seven years ago, eight years ago, like, you were mid-20s, like, just figuring it out. And, like, to see it now, you know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm, I'm 32 years old. Like, to see, to look back and it's like, wow, like, I have kids that have literally been with me since third grade. And these kids are, like, high school now, like, Mustache And just like they're completely different, but I've been able to watch them evolve um, and have been able to be somewhat of a catalyst to them in the way that they think, the way that they go about life. Um, And I know that, you know, another seven years from now, eight years, maybe 10, like my name and our volunteers name and our staff's name and the people that we brought along this journey is going to be in there vocabulary when they when somebody asks them like what made you choose this or how did you get through this circumstance and they're gonna be able to say like oh well I had this guy named Mr. X that took me on you know these outdoor things and it may be so minute but it's such a big thing, you know, once you start to like really ingrain yourself into somebody's life. Um so I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. But I think it's just like it's really, really wild. It's very much a blessing. I'm very 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 blessed. Um and I I say that intentionally because of the fact that not a lot of people get to do or find their passion this early in life. You know, I've got friends that still haven't figured it out and that's no shot that's no shot to them. They're on their daily search, they're on their own journey, but I'm blessed to be able to see like hey, this is what this is the path that God has me on and I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So to wake up and have that journey in front of you and it doesn't mean that there's not mountains and peaks and valleys and things like that to, to, to go through, but to know like, hey, um, I'm on the right path and the people that I encounter, are I can intentionally bring them along or like push them to where they're supposed to be yeah it feels good
0: i mean that's amazing because it's one thing to just be a role model yourself like Mm -hmm. when you were working in the schools and being able to be a point person for those kids but to create an organization and bring on a team where you're really creating a community and a support system is really wonderful so with that i want (laughs) to pass it to malia um (laughs) why why did you come aboard when did you come aboard what made you want to be part of the humble hustle
2: um, that's actually a great question. So I started, uh, well, I started in June. Um, but before that, um, as Xavier is a man of many entities, um, <laughs> he invited me to his art exhibit. Um, and so I went out, saw his beautiful photography, whatever, and it was great. And then I think from that moment on, um, we met. Because he knew that I was like in a situation where I wasn't pleased with my job. Mm-hmm. I just graduated from Virginia Tech, um, public relations with marketing and hospitality management, and I was looking for um, something to fulfill my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when he was able to say like, "Hey, I need a team. Like, I need yeah. to build a team," and he asked my areas of interest, you know, and honestly took the time to figure out like what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. Oh, that's so important. Uh, yeah. it, that's extremely awesome. important. And so with that. Um, at several meetings, because um, Xavier is very intentional. So, like, he was not going to allow me to come into his organization just off of, like, hey, new opportunity. It was more so, like, what are your intentions? And so, um, I came in very intentional. of Like, hey, I'm looking to find something to fulfill my purpose. I'm looking to also give back. I have always been a giver. I've always had an open and caring heart. And so, when I realized the work that he was doing, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I want to be involved. I wanted to figure out where, I want, where my niche was. And so, I first started with, like, marketing and advertising. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> X didn't tell me, but I was not good. And so she wasn't good. I think. (laughs) Like how? No, 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 no.
1: No, I did not say that at all. He did not tell me I wasn't
2: good, but he pushed me in another direction of where I was better. um, So that, you know. It was actually an Fair. area of, you know, it's hey, a redirection, a redirection yeah. without being, um, you know, <laughs> and, and it was fine. Um, he didn't come out and say it, but I, I definitely knew. And um, so I started in June. Um, it was end of May, beginning of June. Um, it first started with a friendship because that's essentially mm-hmm. how we met. Um, became my best friend um, in a sense. And from there, skyrocketed. It was more so like, hey, be my assistant Then I was an executive assistant. Mm-hmm. And then i think soon after that ex was like you're so capable of so much more and i've never had somebody to understand my potential or see that and bring it to life and actually place me in a position and when he was like do you want to be director of operations i was like whoa i even went and researched the title Mm because i've always heard it thrown around but never would i ever think that it came to me um in this position Mm because quite honestly now that i'm in this role this is the exact role that i've dreamed of my entire life of being somewhat close to the CEO position, um, being able to work hand in hand with the CEO, run an organization that my mission and vision, um, and my values that aligned with everything that the mm-hmm. organization was doing. I always thought that would be Nike or somewhere in a big corporate office, but then I had to realize like, hey, I'm not going to meet that CEO. I'm not going to work hand in hand. I'm not going to understand their vision, you know, all that stuff, and be able to take on their vision and imply it into my work. Um, I meet with Xavier every day I see Xavier every day I get to take everything that he tells me and put it into work put it into life and so I kind of call myself his director of operations (laughs) as I help him with several things Um, and yeah it's been it's been a blessing um, to be able to continue to give and another thing to add is never thought it would be youth Um, never thought it would have been kids oh why not um, I think that you know growing up and seeing my my cousins with their kids and stuff I've always said oh okay I know I want kids in my life but not right now I don't have a tolerance for it like it's just like (laughs) I I felt like I didn't have a tolerance for it but then when you actually put yourself in the situations and you're able to see um kids circumstances and and how everybody is not the same you know and you can actually put yourself into the kids of the or the shoes of these kids who we are assisting and helping on a daily basis that's so important um and it's brought a lot of awareness to society and who I am um, and to understand other people as well.
0: Tell me about the programming that you are most proud to be involved with. What's your favorite one?
2: Uh Oh, wow. Um, I don't think that there is a favorite because um, there's not. (laughs) There's not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because in my eyes, um, (laughs) first, let's start with Humble Hikes. So getting kids outdoors to do anything recreational to absorb and feel the energy of nature and Um, Recreational activities and things like that of the sort around them in a more positive and healthier way I wasn't taught that Um, my mom did gardening and stuff, but she never took me on a hike So I didn't know what that was like um, until I actually did it on my own And I fell in love with it on my own And a lot of kids nowadays Don't fall in love Until they see their parents do something Or they're pushed out of their comfort zones To go do something And today we don't do that We don't push kids out of their comfort zones We don't encourage them To go try different things um, We just try to correct them On what they're doing wrong in that moment Instead of trying to replace that action With something more positive positive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Humble hikes is definitely one because I'm an active person. I'm, I used to be an athlete and stuff. So anything that I can do to get active, get kids active, I think that it's great. Um, now, I don't like the bugs. I don't like the dirt. <laughs> I, 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 I can't stand the smell like outdoors. I'm very bougie. So but you're not a camper. <laughs> not a camper. Well, we've done some camping. Yeah, we did camping. We oh, okay. <laughs> we camped it. Was, in... <laughs> you want it to was, I
1: think it was our first time for everybody. Not everybody. I don't think it was the first time everybody camped, but I think it was the first time a lot of the um, – black people camped and just to be real
0: so like all all of you guys did a big camping trip with the kids we did a big like
1: team retreat
0: okay nice
1: we're we're pretty like blunt and frank about like how we communicate because like it's just we're just real yeah so like when i say like things like it's more like it's a joke to us because it's like on one of our committees, we have a black Doug and a white Doug. It's two Dugs. We just, literally, it's <laughs> right. So, like, we just laugh about it because it's like, yo, don't take it too serious. It's yeah. like, like, come down to earth a little bit. But I said that because all of the black people that went, it was, like, all of our first time, like, really camping and, like, being out there. And it rained the entire, entire time. time. From the no. time we got there to the time we got home.
2: <laughs> I swear, yeah. and it was I, it was the most, I felt like Tarzan. We did ziplining and stuff. I was ziplining yeah. through the rain. I felt yeah. like oh I was gosh. swinging tree to tree. It was wild. It was a great experience. I mean, it was great. It definitely, like, I was looking forward to it because I knew there was going to be rain and stuff, yeah. and I knew that was going to push me out of my comfort zone it to definitely really did. deal. Like, when I felt myself getting the most irritable, it was like, hey, check yourself for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those kinds of things. But not to mention, Black Doug did pack up his stuff at 3 a.m. Yeah. and left. Yeah. <laughs> because it got Shout so wet. Shout out to Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Doug. Doug had to get out of there. He had to get out of he there. He had to skedaddle.
1: But the other people that came, like some of our other committee members that, again, they do this. Like, this is second nature to them. They've been doing this since a kid. Mm-hmm. This is These are things that we're just getting introduced to and we're introducing other kids to. So... It's just funny because it's like, you would Mm -hmm. think as adults that we all, I mean, it's okay, but that camping trip definitely skewed my vision (laughs) of camping. I'm supposed to go camping again this weekend. Are you
0: looking forward to it?
1: I'm very much looking forward to it. We're taking like six kids.
0: Oh, Um, wow. Okay, so. Yeah. So it's supposed to be,
1: well, we'll call it not your average camping trip. Um, And I just pray it doesn't rain. Yeah, we'll
2: pray for good weather for you. (laughs) Yes, yes. We
1: need it. (laughs) We need it. Um.
2: Yeah, so I guess feeding off of that, like Humble Hikes is has, holds a special place in my heart. Um, I just don't like the nitty-gritty. If I, You know, I will get out there and do mm-hmm. it. I love having a good time doing it, but I can't do it for too long, if that makes sense. Like I, totally. A, a day totally. and overnight, that's all you got out of me. Two, three days? I think not. <laughs> no, no. I'm,
0: I'm a day hiker. I never went camping as a kid. Um, just didn't. I, we just didn't do it. Like my family didn't do it. Um, and so now moving here, I found out that that's a thing. And like you go in the mountains, yeah. you hike to your campsite and you make a camp. I'm like, I'll, I'll just go and hike back down. And maybe if there's like a, a nice RV or um, for
2: sure, I'll go glamping. That's what we. That's what you know? I prefer. But um,
1: I'm I'm, I'm kind of getting into it.
2: You're getting into it. Is it's,
1: it's bringing out the um, the nature boy in me, like the little kid.
2: When I tell you Just being
1: able to explore and, like.
2: Uh, He likes to go out because, you know, this is new. So, like, he's like, I got to go get all the supplies. Like, I need to go get my button-down pants that I can rip off. And I need my big boots. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, I looked the part probably a little too much.
2: So, so we're going, so we do, like, the
0: shopping spree before going camping. Absolutely.
1: We're going to make it a thing. Nice. We're going to make it a thing. Like, everything that I saw in, like, these outdoor magazines, I had to have.
2: I mean, the man, pata- the the man p- came with, like, zip-off pants yes. to zip lining. He was like, let me zip off the bottom half of my pants real quick. I was like, we all looked at him like for a second like, we can tell you don't do this on a daily basis. I mean,
1: I just feel like I, like I like fashion, and so I was just like, hey, if there's another element that I could bring to this and show that I can, like, play the part.
0: Yeah. like The
1: big black guy, like, what? I'm going to play that. <laughs> I'm going to play that all like, the way. I'm going to get a Patagonia. I'm going to get... The new boots, the socks, the wool socks. I'm going to do it all all the way up.
0: But Pixar didn't happen. Like, you had to have done this as, like, a photo shoot also and get all the.
1: No, it was raining there. too much. <laughs> it was raining too much. We nope. couldn't even get video. No yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, It was cool, though.
2: So, yeah, I think that, again, Humble Hikes holds a pretty pretty significant place in my heart. But Pretty Humble, Pretty Humble is very much Um, as a young black girl. I wish I had that type of. Of course, I have my mom, my dad. I've had a community around me. But some things can get repetitive when you have the same people telling them, telling it to you. So mm-hmm. to be able to go out of your home and get in another um, safe, fun, inclusive environment mm-hmm. that can reiterate those same things that are being taught to you at home, you know, just out being able to hear them from somebody else, it's like, oh, it actually carries weight. Oh, this is actually something I need to pay attention to. I do need to be... Um, financially responsible. I do need to learn how to carry myself as a leader. Um, I do need to learn how to have implement my self-confidence into my leadership and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um,
0: and why is that so important too for young girls especially
2: um, in the community? Because I feel like in the community of young black ladies, we do not have leaders that want to pour into us consistently to push us to do better. Um, again, it kind of goes with the whole stigma with um, inner city youth as a whole. Um, We typically have youth or there's typically youth who are in situations and instead of correcting and putting them in more positive situations, it's, oh, you're wrong. This is wrong and this is why it's wrong, but I don't have anything to fix it for you. You're just going to stick here, sit in your own misery and figure it out instead of saying, hey. Quit doing that and come over here and hike with us. Quit doing that and come over here and come to this Healthy Relationships Workshop and learn on how to identify healthy and unhealthy relationships. I love that. Um, so I think that, especially with Pretty Humble, we teach financial literacy, entrepreneurship, leadership development, along with self, self-care self and mental health. Um, those are all things that I preach, self-care, kicks in as soon as Friday at 5 o'clock happens, um, and I'm constantly, I mean, being in this role, I'm learning entrepreneurship firsthand, and that's one of my biggest dreams, um, not to leave Humble Hustle, but to continue to work for Humble Hustle and make other incomes on my own with my with my own business, and so um, I think that it's firsthand information that is is—it is imperative that our, especially the inner city community of youth, get this information, and, and please don't get me wrong when I say that, because we do not exclude anybody. Um, we invite everybody in with welcome, open welcome arms, but at the end of the day it's a very much target in that demographic for a reason, and that's because there is a what do you call it access equity hmm. there's an equity a
1: um there's like an, an imbalance in access and equity of resources sure. so um just to piggyback on on the things you're saying when we i come well I know when I started the pretty humble program like it was intentional for me because of I come from a single young black mother. So I know that there were things when she raised me that I saw that could have been implemented of like, hey, if she would have had this, if she would have had this, if she would have had this, things could have maybe went different. Not to say that things went wrong, but I know that everybody has those pivotal places in life where they're like, if I would have had this, then this. So. I, that's one of my favorite programs. I, I probably will never let it die because of who I come from, and you know, me. I've had three aunts. You know, a grandmother. Like those are the those are the women that raised me. So I felt like it was just super super important to making sure that we intentionally pour back into young black women um, because those are the mothers. Like those are the mothers, and you know, historically that's been the that's been the matriarch has been the you know the the main resource of the family you know and that's that's where we are right now so if that's where we are then that's what we have to we have to make sure that we 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 hone into you know that uh that element i would say
0: yeah i mean when it comes to honing into really raising up Mm -hmm. these young men and women what are some ways that you guys because we like to relate a lot of things back to marketing and social Mm -hmm. media especially Mm -hmm. on this show um because it's such an important part of what we do for clients Mm -hmm. here to access but what are some ways that you guys have been able to reach youth so
2: um i think that we are very intentional with the language that we use in our marketing and how we uh you know, what we do a lot of like, for instance, what we call Facebook events and things like that. And so when we post them out to Facebook, it's like the parents who we're tar- like the, the parents or the youth who we are targeting, they know it's for their children. Like they can see it clear as day in the writing that we put out. Um, but I'll let Xavier take this one because he's definitely um, <laughs> a man of many entities. So Sorry, we girl. piggyback of, off yeah. of his other journeys. <laughs>
1: I think everything she said was, was, you know, spot on. I think there's, um, there's different um, levels different things, different ways of word of mouth you know and but there's also um there's a relationship and there's an authenticity that cannot be found in stores kids i always say kids are like like animals like they can sniff it out like like a bloodhound and they know what's real and they know what's fake so if you know for organizations that are just trying to play and you know say that they're trying to do something it's never going to be there's never any longevity to it, because the foundation of it was never real, and kids know that. Kids know when you're playing with them and w- when you're doing stuff for just money or if you're just doing it for clout, um, they can sniff it out and they will say so. <laughs> yeah.
2: So and I think okay, so the kids know it. You know, when they come to us and they can feel the real and an authenticity that we carry and that we continue to pour into them, they go back and tell their parents. And when they're they're able to go back and explain everything that they've learned, everything that they've done with us to their parents, those parents are going to tell another parent, hey, you need to take your child to Humble Hustle, Yeah, you know, those kinds of things. And so I think that we try our best Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are providing the most intentional, raw experience that you can get. It's not sugarcoating anything. It's very much like this piece of paper. It is what it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, so it sounds like a lot of word of mouth. You brought up a great point that we always try to instill for our clients here in the PR world too, which is just, Building and maintaining relationships Relationship. and um not in like the unauthentic networking way, but just truthfully like going out into the community, seeing who also cares about the causes and Correct. the impact that you're trying to make. So I love that you brought that up. Um when it comes to the first impression that kids have of you, are they seeing you for the first time on social media? Are they seeing you guys come into the schools? Like uh-huh. when is that when when do you guys take the first step? When is the door open for a lot of the kids that are are able to come to Humble Hustle.
1: Yeah, um, so just to make sure that whoever is seeing this, like, for, for as, as far as like, um, me as a social entrepreneur, right, like Malia said, I, I run a variety of different things. Um, as a creative, as a connector, like, I have many facets of how I implement um, community development. And so we have the nonprofit side, where, um, we, we curate these experiences outside of schools. All, everything is community, right? So you're never going to see really Humble Hustle um, doing something in the school, mm-hmm. right? But again, me as a social entrepreneur, I've created a lane that is still aligned with the things that I did on my background, um, which is like mentoring. So every day, myself and a team of people, um, of mentors and uh, therapists and uh, social workers were in the schools. And so that is the first door of right. how we meet these kids. It's, it's very much in school. Um, that, kids, is
2: called, that is called Imagine Me Mentoring, yes. by the way. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, so yeah. That, that, that's one of the business. It's called Imagine Me Mentoring, like she said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and so that's usually the first door, mm-hmm. right? That's where my relationship with parents, principals, teachers initially came from. Um, I grew up in the in the community, but kids are different now, and the one consistent place that you can see them is school. So it's like, all right, let that be the door. And then we just funnel it from there, right? So now Humble Hustle c- curates these experiences for youth in the school that may be part of my program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we get them in that program, then we can continue doing it. Um, so that's like one way of like how we do it, but um, it's hard to say how they meet it because it could be through Imagine Me, it could be through Humble Hustle Clothing. It could be through the newspaper, right? It was probably 10, 15 kids that saw the gala that we did, and they were like, Mr. X is right. (laughs) And then they bring the newspaper to you, and so that's their first experience. And so it could be Instagram, right? A video goes viral, and they see Mr. X, Ms. Malia, Mr. Doug, Mr. Rod in a video, and they're like, oh, he's at my school. I'm going to talk to him next time. And once they talk to us, it's like, yo, what do you do? what do you should come out next weekend ride bikes with us or go fishing what have what have you so it depends um i think that's the the that's the the special part of it mm-hmm. is it's not just this one dynamic thing it's like yo you can meet me i'll be getting a fish sandwich on 11th street i could be in the mall i may be wherever um and that's the same for i feel like all, the entire team um that that whoever comes in, it's like, hey, look, this is the nature of how we do stuff. Be in the community, be seen, right? Keep the language consistent, because you never know when somebody's gonna run into you and be like, I think I've seen her before, Mm -hmm. things like that so
0: yeah and I think that consistency and that authenticity is something mm -hmm. that people have definitely come to recognize with your brand and you're wearing the humble hustle hat right (laughs) now can you (laughs) tell us as far as clothing and that um brand recognition Mm -hmm. why why the missing you's? like how did that get started
1: yeah Uh, missing you came from uh, when we started the nonprofit I left a little bit of the story out right so nonprofit anybody knows the first thing you do is fundraise to keep it going um, and if anybody knows, T-shirts is a really good, quick, easy way to gain some capital. We were gaining capital, but I was a entrepreneur. I had left my job at that time, so I had to figure out a way to sustain my lifestyle. I like to travel. I like to eat. Um, I like clothes. So um, it was no better way than to keep what I was doing going. By So we, I just started creating shirts. Um, the first shirt, it just had, like, keep giving on it. Super simple. I'll actually bring you one for hosting this. Oh my so gosh. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Absolutely. But I'm paying for it for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, that I works support. too. That works too.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, the first shirt we did was Keep Giving. And then I added like a crest on it. And then I added some words on it. And then it just started to, we started getting invited to festivals and different events. And I was like, okay, I could probably make this a business and keep what I'm doing going versus having to run a nonprofit and work at UPS at night or run a non and Airbnb my house out like there's ways I can do this and just like multiply what I was doing cuz naturally I just know how to like get to it like I know how to hustle like I know how to make things happen mm-hmm. and um so that's what that's what it was and when I created the clothing line I wanted it to be in line with the non-profit but still have its own identity um and our team it was just like hey if you take the you out and you fortify your hustle spirit then that's how you maintain your your hustle spirit and humble mentality we were like wait what (laughs) and it was just like okay take the you out oh take the you out take yourself out of the equation right so that's where the you is displaced yeah take the you out take yourself out of the equation um and that's how it stays in line with hey it's a clothing line it's a for-profit it is meant to make money but we donate money back to the nonprofit, right it's not about us when you when you talk about the clothing line people I identify with it because they're like hey like this is not just your regular clothing line mm-hmm. like look what they're attached to um so that's where they take the you out um or that's where you see the missing yous um from so it's very much it, it's its own identity it's its own brand but it's very much like deeply deeply embedded with community and there's never a time you're gonna see the nonprofit without the clothing line, and you probably won't see the clothing line without the nonprofit.
2: Let me tell you, that's the smoothest. That's the <laughs> smoothest business mechanism right yeah. there as a whole that I've seen. When I saw that, I was like, "Wow, this like, is a genius!" <laughs> right? Because people are always gonna ask, "Hey, what's up with that?" Or, and then the way yeah. that, like, you know, if it's like, "Hey, if you don't want to donate to the nonprofit, buy this buy t-shirt, a t-shirt for sure." Right? right. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway.
0: Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge that you've faced as an organization, and how have you grown to overcome that?
1: That that question is again is like multifaceted, very very multidimensional. Because um, I can I can speak internally and give you all the ups and downs internally, and I can speak externally as well. I can speak as the CEO. My my the things that have challenged me as a owner as a exec is definitely completely different than anybody that's just on a committee. Yeah. Um so I can only speak for myself, right? Is Of course. Um I think like Roanoke is one of those places that has not seen a lot of young individuals and I say do it because I don't think we're at the pinnacle of where we can be, but I think for where we are right now, I don't think Roanoke has seen a lot of young people do it. I can name on my hands how many people I saw do it when I was and it was mostly sports I never saw I've never seen a 27 year old young black man like owning a business I never once saw it the only business that I thought were like, was owned was like my grandfather and that was just I thought the business was literally hustle because we would just pack up stuff and go to the flea market that was the way to make money but I never saw anybody make money except for like sports so I say all that to say like Turning, getting trust in the community to say, like, hey, this is not a project, but this is this guy. Like, he's fully invested. That took easy seven years. Like, every bit of seven years. I I, I would honestly say the gala was the time, the gala in 2022 mm-hmm. was the time when people really believed, like, oh, they're legit. Like, it, it's, it's been that long of people, of gaining people's trust and, like, just Pulling them in Pulling them in And being consistent 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 Not stopping Not stopping Failure after failure After failure After failure Not to say those things Are not going to keep happening Right It's business It's going to continue happening But That's probably been One of the biggest things Is like Getting the community To be So Bought in Because you can't Do anything Without the community And Especially when you're doing it For the community You have to have The community's buy in So that Uh, just like rewriting the narrative of what someone is actually able to do this is a very small city everybody knows everybody especially when you're from the community you play sports in the community they just think and I'm not I don't want to like say what they think but from my standpoint it was like everything is sports here it's sports and then it's something else it's not like, let's groom him to be the best businessman. It's like, sports, if that doesn't work, then. For sure. And that's what it was for me. It was all the way sports, right? Went to college for sports, D1 scholarship, all that. And then it was like, oh, that failed. What's the backup plan? So then you got to mm-hmm. start all over. Mm-hmm. It's almost like starting at Biddy League again and proving that you're the best running back in Biddy League and then proving it in middle school and then proving it in high school. So that's the that's like how that's what I felt like my journey has been since 25 is just like proving.
0: And that's such a huge transition, and not enough people talk about that. Mm-hmm. Is when you have these young, uh, amazingly talented athletes. You know, the world of athletics gets smaller and smaller and smaller Correct. as you get older, and then um, making that transition. I mean, that uh, athletics becomes your identity. You know, If you're mm-hmm. an athlete, Correct. and then so making that transition can be so hard. Um, and Miley, you talked about. Uh, young Black women in the community being able to have resources and have a community. What's it like X to be able to um, be a role model for that representation? Mm-hmm. Being a young Black CEO yeah. in your hometown.
1: Yeah. Again, I'll I'm, I'm probably my tone is gonna switch because it's it's one of those things where it's it's, it's a mighty responsibility. Um, it's a heavy responsibility. Um, my mom always talks to me. She's like, "Heavy is the head that wears the crown." Like. To whom much is given, much is tested. Like this is the things that you ask for. Um, and I, I mean, I honestly just did a, a cool video just talking about, hey, like I bring spirit back into everything, uh, not so much religion, but just my foundation is very much spiritual. So um, it's just one of those things that you ask God for, you know, fruit and you never know, you you may want a watermelon, but he's gonna give you strawberries. Like you just don't know the way it's, turned out, it's gonna turn out. And I asked for this very much all the time I asked for these responsibilities I asked for this platform I asked for this this tested mentality all of the all of the time I thought it was going to come through sports I just knew I was going to the league just knew it just knew it without a shadow of doubt I knew I was going to the league um that quickly pivoted <laughs> quickly pivoted and that's just been my life is pivot it's like Um, It's just constantly just like Returning it Returning it Returning it Figuring it out Figuring it out Figuring it out Taking my resources Not giving up Not giving up Not giving up Um, So to answer your question I think it's It's a It's a Hell of a responsibility Um, It's a lot of pressure Um, It's a lot of discernment But I am Beyond thankful For Having the Ability to Use my platform for good Um, Changing the narrative Of like what a young black CEO looks like. Showing the kids that are in eighth grade, like, hey, nine times out of 10, like nine times out of 10, based off of the percentages and statistics of how many athletes come out of Roanoke, eh, it's slim to none. I love your drive and I love your passion and I, I hope to God you make it in whatever you want to make it, but make sure that you are ready for when that identity closes up. And that's, that's just kind of where I've been in my path of just making sure I'm the best example um my name stays clean you know I make the right decisions as much as possible um I'm still young you know I'm 32 but I'm still in that point where it's like I'm still learning um but I definitely I definitely am am ever so grateful for uh, my foundation the the things my grandmother has taught me the things my family has like instilled in me and and just being able to bring kids in, Um, we've had a plethora of volunteers to interns to student volunteers to, um, I can't, I can't imagine what it's going to look like 10 years from now and just seeing how many kids that are able to properly verbalize like Mr. X and his team or, you know, Miss Malia and, you know, Mr. Doug and, and it all circles back to like, it started with a night in IHOP of just being able to like, hey, let's start this organization. Wow. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question, but it's it's very much a, it's a, it's a hell of a responsibility and it's very emotional and it's very draining and it's very tiresome, but it's very, fulf- very fulfilling. It's very passionate. It's very loving. It's very um, energetic and, and creative and innovative. So I love what I do. Um, it's hard, but it's. It's definitely one of those things where I'm I'm walking. I don't know how to say it to close everything up, but it's not me that's doing it. Like I'm I'm constantly learning. Like it's not me that's doing this. It's I'm um, I'm constantly just trying to like let go of self and let God just like hey, I got this. Like and I, I just want
2: to like piggyback off of that because my dad is an entrepreneur and. I've always thought, okay, yeah, like, I want to be an entrepreneur too, right? And I still do. But X has definitely, like, working alongside this man has shown me that, like, entrepreneurship is not what everybody thinks it is from the, like, surface level. Like, watch this man cry. I've watched <laughs> this man throw a fit. I've seen him get <laughs> frustrated. I mean, I've seen, you know, <laughs> throw a, I mean, a whole hissy fit, like a two-year-old. Like, I mean, upset. So, I mean... I've seen it, like, show on your face and, and and what it can do to you. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I know I want entrepreneurship, but I don't think I wanted it as soon as – I know I have a lot of self-growth to do before it's time for me to start my own business. Because if I start it now, it's going down a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just – I mean, he is. He's a great mentor. He's great to, to see somebody else do it because it gives you hope, right? Like, seeing X do this, it's like, okay, like, I can do this too. But it's yeah. going to take me some work. It's going to take me some self-growth a little bit to get there before I do it. I'm only 22. So Mm -hmm. to see somebody at 32, like it gives me hope, um, but also gives me guidance of like, hey, you don't need to rush it because it's going to come to you when it comes to you. Just be patient and stay in the work right Mm -hmm. now and get your head in it. Learn the ins and outs because he's here to like, he. I mean, he coaches everybody, anybody Mm -hmm. that asks for it at Mm -hmm. least. Um, And so I think he's a great mentor. I appreciate it. I think he represents the the black entrepreneurship, um, especially like you said, for, um giving young black men like role model does it excellently like they 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 definitely we're down at the collective all the time they walk by they anybody see mr x we're mr x (laughs) mr x and and it's always a good time so yeah i appreciate that i mean it's wonderful to hear about the community that you
0: guys have been able to build and everything you just described you know you're you're hustling in a humble way you know that it's not about yourself but it's about building up other people and especially the young generation and I I just you know I gotta give you guys all the props in the world because um, that's hard and it's a calling to be Mm -hmm. able to do that so Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think that's awesome. And uh, looking forward into the future Mm -hmm. as well and where you see Humble Hustle going, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, where do you envision your organization 10 years from now? What's something that you guys are working to achieve? Is that
1: 2033?
0: Ooh, Jesus. Wow, that just hurt my head.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I used to get really scared when people asked me this. Probably five years ago, I would get, like, super scared, like, I don't know, am I supposed to know this, right? because people ask like, Well what do you see your organization from five years from now and ten years from now? And I think it used to be a thing where I didn't know um because you just still have steps it's like almost like going to the top of the steps, you can't really see to the other side of the corner until you get to a certain point on the steps, and so that's just where I was now I'm kind of on that third quarter step where I can kinda you know. Glance over and see. Okay, there's a hallway over there. There's a bathroom there, and I think that's where we are. I don't. I can't say right now. Perfectly clear. Oh, we're gonna have chapters in Alexandria, Norfolk, da da da, whatever. But I can say I can see fairly clear of like I know expanding is a thing. So we like our programs are tried and true. Um, Our system is pretty cool Um, and I think I think branching out is going to be a thing because this is still a thing that other cities like Roanoke still need whether it's Lynchburg whether it's Petersburg what have you it's been at this point where so many people are like how did you do this why where when what I know that that's going to be in the near future Um, event wise I think that not even I think we will become like premier like organization for uh, uh innovative like events, and I think that's where our, our sustainability is going to come from, not from just applying for, to a bunch of grants, you know, and to be bided by you know uh, reporting and things like that, like we want to have fun events and show people, hey, we can raise this money, turn it right back into the pro- into the program. Um, yeah, and, and let people see like the fruits of our labor. So, I see expanding for sure. I see a lot of like college um, graduates um, coming into our organization as I look at Jess <laughs> and just be able to see, like, hey, look, you know, we've already gotten relationships with like universities and things like that to be able to say, hey, the next chapter of your life should be with us because we can teach you at least the foundation before you you know jump to that next career
0: (laughs) and you guys have a ton of events and programming Mm -hmm. going on for youth in the Roanoke community and surrounding areas coming up um Malia tell us how people can get involved
2: what are some things coming up that we should know about um so first you can get involved by staying tuned at our Instagram um our Instagrams um our hustle and give that is the main nonprofit page but then we also have a entrepreneurial and creative hub called mm-hmm. The Collective mm-hmm. um, and that is The Collective ROA um, on Instagram as well both of those have Facebook pages um, the nonprofit is the Humble Hustle Company on mm-hmm. um, Facebook page and then the collective is The Collective Roanoke mm-hmm. um, on 11th Street I believe
1: mm-hmm. and the, the collective Instagram is The Collective Roanoke
2: should I say R O A? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna
1: add the N O K E to the end. <laughs>
2: the collective That's Roanoke yeah. on, on Instagram. Yep. Um and you can get you can stay involved um, by seeing everything that we post. There's always links in quote unquote the bio, or you can um, we'll have the link attached in our caption somewhere. Um so you can always register to stay tuned there. But moving on in our events, April twenty sixth, um, Humble Hustle Clothing will be at Golden Cactus for the Earth Day Market. Um so we just encourage everybody to come out. Um Thank you. Shout out Golden Cactus. Mm-hmm. Um, they are giving our us at least some of their proceeds um, from that day. So come out, have a beer, socialize, mm-hmm. get you some food. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a great time that what day. Get you some Humble Hustle merch, too. Um, and then on June 10th, um, we'll be having the Ignite Your Purpose Conference, um, all-girls conference at Holland's. Shout out to Holland's mm-hmm. University for allowing us their space. Um, and we'll be having several workshops for girls to choose from, the um, the Enrollment um, and admission process is open. It's free to register right now. Um, And we'll have several workshops, is everything from college readiness, mental health, social media. Oh, so cool. Mm -hmm. Self-confidence, leadership development, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, and then we'll have STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and And mathematics. (laughs) Love it, yes, throw the arts in there, always. Always, always. And then on um, June 16th, we'll have our Black Heritage Night at Salem Red Sox. And that is a Not your average tailgate experience. Um, I I think that everything this year. I just need to put this on there. Not your average. We are running a not your average year campaign, Campaign. putting all fear anxiety to rest. I mean, really stepping up to the plate, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Everything. Everything is just go like no fear whatsoever, and I think that's something that is again intentional, and it's gonna like I want it to kind of like bleed or funnel into um, the fibers of each one of us um so every everything will be not your average event
0: yeah. yeah well just an awesome goal for the year and mantra that you guys have yeah. too for these events thank you again so much for being Absolute. on the access success podcast the final Absolute. question that i have for you guys okay. since we always ask people this is could you both share a recent success story mm. it doesn't have to be super long or anything okay. just something that it's either personal or professional just a recent success you had for yourself
2: i can go yeah, I got one I got one, you wanna go first? I'll go first, you've been going first this whole time. Um, Go for it. So recently, um, I just think that I was in a, should I say, weird mindset. Um, You know, as you grow up and you get your friends, you know, I've quickly learned in adulthood that some people are here for seasons and friends do change (sighs) and you know, they're not always here to stay. But one thing I have realized is that like, your intentions will always, you know, you stand by your intentions, you stand on your own two feet. And um, I recently had a situation where I felt like, you know, I had to like speak up for myself, vocalize my feelings and things like that of the sort. And I had a friend and she was like, Leah, you spoke out of ego. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And as she was explaining it to me for the first time in my life. And I mean, ex has told me, you know, you have some ego on you sometimes, you need to knock it down a little bit. And I never, I've never been able to feel it. I've never been able to see the ego on me. I've always said like, I don't have ego. Ego doesn't exist with me. Mm-hmm. And I was actually able to, like, reread my text message, reread what I said, and I was like, yo, I'm speaking out of ego. And I think that that's a success in itself because when you can be self, self-aware self yes. and identify mm-hmm. some things, and, and, like, it's not that I was ignorant. I just could not feel it on myself. I could not f- identify what ego was on me. I could not see that within myself. And so for me to actually be able to sit there and identify, like, yo, this is what ego looks like. This mm-hmm. is exactly what you know, Xavier may be talking about, or your mom and dad may be talking about, Mm -hmm. they can see it, you cannot, but here is where I could see it. And that was a a success for me because it's like, okay, this is a turning point for me in my Mm -hmm. life. It's like, okay, now I know what this looks like and I know how to avoid this in the future. Mm -hmm. So that was for me.
0: Well, congratulations. I mean, uh, yeah, oh, that's so true. And just, that having that self-actualization, self-awareness, it's, it all goes back to why mm-hmm. you started this in the first place yeah. in that mental health aspect. It's, wow, yeah, it hits you like a ton of bricks, and you're like, oh, wow,
2: I now I know this about myself. For and, sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, and wow. I think it also um, I, my, one of my words for 2023 was intentional. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be very intentional this year, and so that fell right in alignment with like being intentional, being that self-aware piece, and being able to like see myself. And know that, like, I'm not blind to my own negativity. Like, I mm. am I'm not perfect. And yeah. so that, that really just allowed me to see everything um, about myself. And now I can only take that information and learn and grow from it. <laughs> so a better Malia is coming soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who well, X, what is your recent win, your recent success?
1: Mine is um, I've got a new puppy.
0: <laughs>
1: and oh. he now sits on command. He eats on command he shakes on command.
0: Yes. And
1: how real he is does this? It doesn't it's very real. <laughs> very
0: real. And very what's the real. puppy's name again? His
1: name is 7. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite number. I've got it ingrained on me several places. It's, uh, it means it's a lot personally, it's a lot um professionally, it's a lot. It's that number's been through and through my life. Um in so many different uh ways. Um, but that's my small, yeah, that's my small success. I I could go on and on about successes, but I don't, I'm not going to sit, like sit here and just like brag about them. But my small success that I'm pretty happy about is like, hey, consistency has allowed my little four month old fur child to sit and speak and he shakes. And then, um, the big win is like when he goes to use the bathroom, like he just, he'll go outside and he comes right back inside, no leash. Mm -hmm. And that's like a win for me because I live where I live downtown, there's a lot of cars and it's. A small sector of grass that he just like goes, boom, and he knows, like, all right, I got to get back inside. Nice. What kind of so dog good. is he? He is a mini golden doodle. Uh, super cute. He's uh He came in a uh, – I grew up with dogs all my life. I was just reflecting last week – well, this weekend. There's never been a time where I haven't had a dog in my life since I was, like, four. Yeah. Um, lost some, some died, whatever. But he came in a time where I definitely needed that emotional support. With, that, with things that were going on personally, um, like, whatever, right? But, like, just knowing, yeah, he came in at, like, the perfect time.
0: Like, yeah. who saved who, right? He
1: definitely got me. He definitely saved me. He definitely saved me, and he's he's just like me, ball of energy, very fun, energetic, playful, um, a little a little crazy at sometimes. Like Just like X. He yeah, heard that. Yeah. He
2: said a little <laughs> crazy, just like X. <laughs> I mean, he crazy. walks in the office, and I mean, oh! Yeah, that's X all the way. Yeah,
1: he's a fun, he's a fun piece of a, a fun addition to this next chapter of life for me. So that's my little success. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Yeah. And yeah, what a fun addition to the office then, Absolutely. right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. seven. oh, so cute. Yeah. Well, it was so great having you guys on today. Thank you again so much for coming in.
1: Absolutely, oh, thank, thank you, 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 you all us. so much. Yeah. Thank you so thank you. much.
0: And for everybody watching or listening, head online, find out more information about Humble Hustle and how you can get involved. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Access Success Podcast produced by AccessU, a division of access, advertising, and public relations. Find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what the world of education needs to hear at AccessU Agency and connect with us at accessu.com. Let's do something
2: big.